So as we begin this journey into these stories of resilience and inspiration, it's my pleasure to invite to the stage Sharifa Binti Nur Mohammed, or, or Bibi to her family and friends. Bibi came to Milwaukee through the U.S. Department of State's Refugee Resettlement Program. She and her family are Rohingya, and she is joined tonight by Steve Oley, the manager of community health clinics for the Aurora UW Medical Group. So Bibi, I am just like you, even though we are entirely different. We are just like you, even though we are entirely different. I met Bibi and her family when I was doing a home visit for your brother, right? And we've gotten to be pretty close over time. And the other day when I went to uh, visit the family and sit down with Bibi to just talk about doing this, mom, Marbia, who's right up front here, uh, was on the floor in the lotus position, and she was um, cutting up some chicken, uh, feathers and all. And it was the first time I had seen that right in the kitchen. I asked if it was okay to share that. But when I left their house, I thought, well, I've never seen that before, but we have a lot in common. Bibi's going to tell a little bit of her story, but I thought I would start by telling a story of the first time I met a refugee patient in the clinic. And this gentleman was about my age now, 20 years ago, when I met him. He had been tortured in his home country, and it took a lot for him to get to the U.S. and to Milwaukee. And the one thing he had been celebrating was that he had a job. And he had a job that allowed him to support his family. The reason he came to our clinic, though, was because he was in danger of losing his job. He had developed some medical problems, the worst of which was um, incontinence, meaning um, he had to pee a lot. And the kind of job he had required him to stand. It was a cold environment. They didn't allow potty breaks. And he also didn't have insurance and didn't have any sick days. So. What he did is he turned to Depends, um, like adult diapers. And, but the people around him began to complain of the smell. So he didn't know what to do. And somebody told him about our clinic. And so he came. His boss said, you can have a day off. You need to take care of this. And if you don't, you can't stay. Long story short is, when he came in, he told his story. And we were able to figure out something medically. And actually, the next day, he went back with a lot of hope. And his problem did resolve just with a simple medication. I remember one thing uh, the medical assistant I was working with listened to his story. And before he left, she knew that he had lost a day's worth of pay. But she went out and got him uh, a box of Depends to use, just in case things didn't work. It did work. We did some things. We had an evening, evening clinic he could go to for follow-up. And uh, his problem was resolved within two weeks. The main issue, though, that we saw when he was there was that um, he left feeling listened to by both the healthcare providers who were there and especially by the medical assistant. 
Um, that's where his healing started because we saw that we had something in common. We both needed family supporting jobs. We both needed to support our families. We both needed to be healthy. Phoebe's going to tell her story a little bit. I'm going to ask her some questions. And I'll pass the microphone over to her. So, Phoebe, first question. Tell us why your parents left Burma. Hi, I'm Bibi. Um, they had to leave Burma because their families were poor and because the Burmese government and military killed many of our people that are Rohingya. Our people are Rohingya and they do not like us because we are Muslims. And then my parents were really scared when they had to leave because they had to ride on a small boat down a river to Thailand in the pouring rain. My parents lived in Thailand for many years in order to get into Malaysia. People in Malaysia are Muslims also. So my parents thought they should go there for peace and freedom. But after um, they, they left from Burma because of a lot of women get trapped and other stuff into women that doesn't even fair to do. And my parents are really sick. Um, fear of him, and then they just left from it. And then if they think that they're going to get some peace in Malaysia, but not really, they can stay, they can, they stayed there for like, to rent a house, to rent a motorcycle, to go anywhere, that they, they can, they can just rent anything, they cannot buy anything like they can own here. And we just got a card that calls that just that is just for a permanent i mean sorry temporary to live there it is not permanent we cannot live there for our whole life and we cannot own anything and for our education they didn't even care about our education as a refugee people they don't care our how we live how whatever about us, they don't even care. We didn't get to um, high schools and college stuff. I can't go there because I don't have the real car to live in Malaysia. Tell us, tell us uh, what the hardest part about being in Milwaukee has been. Oh. It is really hard to build a new life in USA for me and my family because we do not know the laws, ways, language, food, people, school, and home. The laws are different in the USA from my country. In the USA, I cannot go anywhere I want without my parents or my parents' permission because they are scared of this country. They don't even know how to go anywhere. So, for example, if I went to go to shopping to buy food or clothes without my parents, I can't. In Malaysia, I could do this. Also, the roads in the USA are different from my country because people drive on the opposite side of the road. 
At first, I was scared when I saw the road and people were driving on the opposite side because I had never seen that before. The language is hard to understand for my family, but thankfully, I studied it in Malaysia. So it is a little easier for me. Sometimes people speak really fast and I cannot understand it. The food that I used to eat is hard to find because there is pork everywhere in the USA, but not in Malaysia because it is a Muslim's law. In my culture, people have to read the Quran, the Muslim's holy book, um, Muslim holy book before they kill a cow. In America, people do not do this, so we cannot eat the type, eat the type of meat. What made your first year in Milwaukee easier for you? My caseworker, John, and my ESL teacher made me got everything easy with their presence. They made me and my family succeed in anything. John helped me and my family with everything we needed help about houses and to be around here, how to get the grocery and all the stuff, like to survive every day and energy bills. And my teacher, uh, which is what her name is, Miss Herlinger, helped me with school stuff, improve my language, and then some personal things. I didn't, I didn't know where uh, to find um, the rooms when I got in first school, when I got here. I mean, when I got to school. I was really thinking, where should I go? And then she helped me to get it. So finally, I'm thankful that she's with me. And I feel really comfortable with their help that me and my family get success with because of them. We have to finish up now. I'll just close by saying that um, the key for us in terms of our relationship is to remember how much we are alike. So the, the hashtag Me Too phrase is very apt actually. Me too means we are very much alike, even though we are entirely different. So, thank you.